25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, all right. Hour number two, off and running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, hit me up on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. A whole bunch of calls on the Divinity phone. Last week, so far today, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, hit them up at DiviniEquipment.com. we got all the stuff for fall in there, too. And if you've ever been... I know I've been there uh, at the Madison store on Highway 51 before as fall was arriving, and it's neat to see all the rice and the corn and piled up in bags after, you know, pallet after pallet, and uh, all the tree stands, and then comes the camo. It kind of does a little makeover there this time of year, and that's what they've got going on at Divinity right now, so y'all hit them up. Make sure you go by if you haven't already. And you can also text the show. Lots of people texting at 885-ESPN, 885 ESPN. Time to pick up the energy, and I'm going to come through on a promise. Walking Bully texted the show just a bit ago. He said, it's game week, with two exclamation points, followed by, crank that sonic boom. Roger, somebody sent me a video on my Twitter feed of the sonic boom coming down the street, led by their... Um, drum majors. Yeah, and I mean, they have to be as well conditioned as an athlete to do the stuff they do. It's incredible. Yeah. Think about that poor guy with that big drum and tuba. <laughs> I know it, especially this time of year. Yeah, they got to wave those instruments all around. Uh huh. High school football season. He had jamborees on Friday. This week they're playing the real thing on Friday night. Ba-ba-ba. Yeah. And then on Saturday night, you're going to get Miami versus Florida and a few other games as the college football season gets kicked off. Man, it is here. Football season is here. It is game week in college and in high school football right here under your nose. <laughs> Good gracious alive. Yep. I still think about last week, Roger, when we were doing that, and my wife was here. And she just see you moving your head around. She was just, all she can see is me. She can't hear what we're listening to. And she sends me a text and says, Why are you just, why do you keep saying dad gummit? 
<laughs> and golly, you know, because <laughs> all she can hear is me going, Dad, gummy. <laughs> uh, married life can be funny sometimes. Imagine the story she tells her friends. Yeah. Okay, and Tim, I got your correction. The way I read your text earlier, you said Memphis population assures that they'll find good teams regularly. They always have. And and I took it as every year, and you're right. You said you didn't mean it every year. And in that case, yeah, you'd be right. They always have good athletes. Um, that was for you too, Miko, the Sonic Boom, starting us off an hour two, injecting a little energy into the show here. And... Uh, Yes. Okay. Now we have a clarification. Predictive text got our unnamed texture as he was trying to send us a message. And both times it messed up a word or two. And let me just tell you, one of the best things I have done recently regarding my phone is I have completely disabled any predictive text on my iPhone from C Spire. Now, when I type things on text and email and other stuff, yeah, I mess up words and misspell it, and I have to go back in there and fix it. But A, if I send out a mistake, then I made the mistake, and I can own that. B, it forces me to proofread everything before I hit the send button. I highly recommend it. Because you're just like you learned. See, this I'll read word for word, and this came through twice. It said, if they lose, Matt Luke's coaching West will be a lot better Okay, well, that didn't make any sense, and it sent it twice. <laughs> Here's what he meant to say that, that predictive text changed on him. If He said, sorry about that. If Ole Miss loses, Matt Luke's um, seat will be a lot hotter. Yeah, well, we get that. That makes sense. He says, I believe if they don't go 6-6 six and six or maybe 7-5, and five, they'll let him go and hire Rich Rod as the head coach. As for Luke, this is definitely a must-win for him. Why is it, though? Again, I mean, like, so with with the – see, that's the thing, man. I mean, so many people just kind of have their mind made up about stuff. But, look, you think about the situation he took over, really. So, so somehow, some way, there's some big indictment on Matt Luke right now as a coach. What is it? Y'all tell me, really, honestly. And, and I'm not going to be combative or like step to, on your toes about it or anything. I'm just, I want to know where it comes from. So first year that he's the coach, he's the interim. He goes into the year just expecting to coach the offensive line, having never been a head coach. The reality of the situation is because of the NCAA stuff, you didn't have candidates for that job. Let's say that again. The reality is you didn't have people qualified, really interested in that job at that time. Tommy Tuberville was looking into it. Yeah, and he wasn't coaching anywhere. He's out here running for Senate. Of course he wants that job. You know, but Matt's there. He wins the Egg Bowl in an interim role, and so they made the decision to to make him the permanent head coach. Okay, so they fall flat last year. Were they supposed to be great last year? I mean, were they? Let me ask you another thing. Was as the interim coach, was he supposed to step in there and fire Wesley McGriff before last year? You cut him loose, go hire a different defensive coordinator? Was that his deal? Do you have that power? No. So so what's the indictment on Luke? Where does that come from? I tell you, man, the, the truth about it is there 
you know, I, I, outside looking in, I think they just want that excitement back, and I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, after 2014, and I mean, Mississippi State and Ole Miss rising so high in the, in the national rankings, and man, mm-hmm. but a, it's been a crash after that. Yeah. And and I think they just want, just want to have some fun again. So, well, and I get that. And okay, if you make a change, trying, at they're head, trying to get fired up, man. Yeah, but it's window dressing in, in a lot of ways to go out here and say that. We're just going to ignore the reality that it it's going with this recruiting restrictions and this NCA stuff that we've been through. It may take a little bit to get a roster back right, and so we're just going to go window dressing and make a change at head coach. So you'll buy a ticket, and so you'll be excited and type something positive on your st- stupid message board. You know that's what it is to me. And Roger, I mean the dynamic you're talking about. There's something to that. Yes, people want to be excited. You've seen a lot of examples. You, you make a change at head coach. People will buy in and buy tickets before they ever win anything. Okay, well, maybe that's a must. But let's don't pretend that it's in some way a, a knock on Matt Luke as a coach because in reality it's not. He's a very good coach. Knows his stuff. And, hey. It took guts to take that gig. It did. He didn't have to take it. Yeah, you follow somebody who is, I mean, insanely popular as few, as Freeze was amongst the yeah the fans. That's I mean, right. That's a big shoes to step into. It is a lot of expectations. So you know, from the perspective of the coach, I, and then he has the and and people still we haven't even started playing yet. We have people who have decided that if you lose to Memphis who they predict to win 10 or 11 games this year, who's really good, that if you lose to Memphis, all all heck is going to break loose, which that was said, and that if he doesn't go 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, we're going to change our head coach. And we haven't even played a game yet. And, and you got a guy who has done a, a, a really solid job, has never embarrassed you in a time when everybody else was embarrassing you, including some of your own. And then has the is humble enough to go out here and hire two former head coaches as coordinators. I got news for you. There's a lot of head coaches in college football who won't do that simply because of ego. <laughs> yeah, we've already decided if you lose to Memphis, it's over in week one. And if you don't go six and six, seven and five, we want a new guy. Fickle. That's what that is. Uh, on the text line, it says it speaks to expectations, and it does. And it says, and if you expect to win, that plays a big part in going out and winning. Be careful about having low expectations. If you think you can, you can. Yeah, I agree. I mean, nobody's got low expectations. Every team that's ever put on the helmet ran out there expected in some way to win. <laughs> I, well, I say every. I, every <clears throat> team worth their uniform, worth their scholarship, Went into a game expecting to win. Guess what? Memphis expects to win too. Whose expectations are more realistic? I'm not on the team. You aren't either. So we're going to talk about throwing our head coaches around and firing and hiring and all this kind of stuff, and we haven't even played a game yet. (laughs) 
Lose to Memphis. Oh, you know what? We can't sell tickets and fire the coach. Come on now. Come on. Come on back down here. I'm pulling the rope. I'm going to put your feet on the ground right next to mine. Bobby. No, it's Bob. Not Bobby, but Bob. Bob says this on the text line. If you were the coach of the Oakland Raiders, how would you deal with the Antonio Brown situation? (laughs) Here is formerly of the NFL Network, current Raiders GM Mike Mayock. You all know that A.B. is not here today, right? So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, We have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay, but we've, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in, we're all out. Okay, so we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story, no question. Okay. How about that? You know it's tense anytime someone ends a statement in an interview with media by saying, end of story, no questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. We good? We got it? Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, who is Antonio Brown's agent, said that helmet concerns are safety-related and that he is indeed all in with the Oakland Raiders. Well, how can you be all in if you're not willing to play? Is Ezekiel Elliott all in with the Cowboys right now? Is Melvin Gordon all in with the Chargers right now? Show of hands. No. You're either all in or you're all out. And, you know, how are you going to fault Mike Mayock and John Gruden and those guys of the Raiders for saying such? And they have. They said they supported him in his thing with the helmet deal. And what they're saying now is, look, we've exhausted everything. I just, you know, it's it's a little crazy is what it is. It's all over but the crying. You don't think it'll ever happen, do you? He's coming back. I mean, I think they're trying to figure out, like we talked in the breaks, how, how can we save face here? Yeah. Oh, so you think he'll be on? How can we figure out how to let him win? How you know, like let him, you know, (laughs) pretend you win? Okay, put put your new helmet on. Come on. Yeah, that's it. You know, my thing is, what kind of mindset is a player in when he believes that he can't wear league-approved helmets? He says like some kind of vision thing he can't see out of the other one or whatever. I mean, come on, man. The guy, his agent, you know, said, oh, he's all in. And then he went on for about three pages in the article talking about stuff they still need to work out and how this helmet is the only helmet he ever played in. How do you pronounce that, by the way? So I don't. Shut. Okay. As in you're shutting the door. Right. Okay. But he's played in this apparently since he's played football forever. Mm -hmm. Shut air advantage helmet. The only helmet he has worn in his NFL career. It's older than 10 years, therefore no longer certified. A grievance he filed against the league wears old helmet. Denied. Now, here's his agent. 
He wore his helmet in peewee football, high school football, college at Central Michigan, and his entire nine-year career. People keep saying to me there's 2,000 players that are wearing approved helmets, but there are very few, if any, that have worn the same helmet their entire nine-year career. And then, yeah, because they're not crazy. Because they're not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Roger, listen to this quote. <clears throat> Boy, if you can ever get an interview with Drew Rosenhaus, an agent, he will light it up, won't he? Yeah. Because they, I mean, didn't agree with, you know. <laughs> Here's what he his, said. Uh, you know, representation there, but he, he, he'll he give you a good interview. Yeah. Here's what he said. He's a wide receiver. He's getting hit across the middle. People trying to take his head off. He's a big target. You talked about how many catches he's had over the last six years, for example. This is his life. He's risking everything. He's got a family. He's had a concussion before. This helmet has kept him safe. No. Nope. You just said he had a concussion. Same, you lied. Roger. Same sentence. Next, out of his mouth, in back-to-back sentences, he says, he's had a concussion before, period. This helmet has kept him safe, period. Come on, man. I'm going to call BS on that. It is complete and utter BS. I don't know what's behind all of it. The only way you can justify what Antonio Bryant's doing right now is one of, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown is doing right now is one of two things. The only way you can justify it. Either A, he's not ready to play and knows that his feet aren't healed up, something he doesn't feel like he wants to play. This helmet thing is a smokescreen for that. That's one thing, theory, conspiracy theory that makes sense. The other one that makes sense is he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He's He's cuckoo for coverage. (laughs) He's off his rocker. That's the only two things that make sense. The man got frostbite in a cryogenic treatment chamber. My God. Surprised that doesn't happen more often. Here's what we're going to do. They're going to stick your feet in here. That's 50 below zero. <laughs> Roger. You know it's going to be cold. <laughs> Here's your sign. <laughs> you know why it doesn't happen more often? It's kind of like getting arrested. Uh, Richard Cross, who I used to do radio with, he said one time, and it's very true. He said, it's not hard to not get arrested. <laughs> Come on, Richard. Ride with me someday. Look. <laughs> It's not hard to avoid frostbite in California. <laughs> okay, so he had to, he had to go find that uh, liquid nitrogen. Look, man, some people just they live on a little bit of a different planet than the rest of us. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm sure he's a great teammate, and he is a phenomenal player. But he's off his rocker a little bit right now. Okay, he just is. Doesn't mean he can't come back. I'm not passing judgment. I would hope somebody wouldn't pass judgment on me. I've lost my mind at times before, sort of. I get it back within a day or two. <laughs> now, everybody, I bet, though, the, the other possibility, it kind of goes along with these cuckoo. Yeah. But but I, th- I know, some, I mean, we all have known somebody, you can't tell anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, Miko. Argue with a stump. 
Miko says in the text line, Antonio Brown wearing that same helmet is the reason this conversation is still going on. It's caused him brain damage. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. The whole thing is nuts. Eric said Drew Brees had to change his helmet too. Said he didn't like it because it looks like an alien. But he will wear it because it is for safety. I got to look at this helmet. I haven't seen it. He says Antonio Brown is all about Antonio Brown. That's absolutely 100% it. And to even, you know, to even more so illustrate the different world that these pro athletes live in than the rest of us. They've already paid him millions upon millions of dollars. It's in the bank. He's spending it. And do you think he cares one iota about not being on the field for the team? Think about you, how you would feel, all y'all. You're good folks. You go to work every day. Think about how you would feel in your gut if your employer pays you lots and lots of money, goes ahead and gives a bunch of it to you, puts it in the bank, you're spending it, and you just don't care one bit if you ever do the job for them or not. It's a different way of – it's a foreign thinking process, isn't it? Character issue, if you ask me. Right. I mean, it's just, it just people are instinctively turned off by that kind of thing. There's a reason. That's right. Man, put on the helmet that they give you and go play football – and shut up. Probably better for you anyway. Hour number two is off and running. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected because of C Spire. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Louvier says those helmets are pronounced shoot. Like shoot it. You know, like when Louvier's playing on his his church league basketball team, and every time they pass it to him outside the three-point line, somebody says, shoot. He says the helmet's pronounced shoot. I always said shut. <laughs> like shut the door. Guess I've been wrong all these years. I have my helmet right back here that I wore um, my senior year at Mississippi State back in 1999, 20 years ago, Roger. I got it up here on the shelf right now. It's got the old classic John Elway quarterback face mask, you know? Mm. I don't even know what kind of helmet that is up there. I need to get it down and see what it is. Take a picture of it. You know what I need to do? I need to put that helmet on because when I put it on, it still fits my head. It's just like my face and neck and everything's fat now compared to <laughs> what it was when I was in college, you know? You like Jared Lorenzen? Yes. So my <laughs> cheeks are like, I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, squishing out of this helmet now <laughs> as compared to what it was 20 years ago. But I'll put that on and say, I'm willing to come, I'm willing to play for anybody that'll have me if they'll let me wear my original helmet. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tweet that out. You listening to this show have just been witness to Twitter uh, throwaway idea greatness. That's what I'm great at. It's Twitter throwaway ideas. But it's Man, apparently look at Louvier's text here. Uh, he's 
picture of his red beans and rice. Man. I'm missing it. I got to refresh my oh, text line. It was, was above the, it was up above his. Oh, it was one of the old ones. Yeah. He sent a picture of red beans and rice. Yeah. Wow. Louvier, you made that? Yeah, they, they brought some to Chris and the. Oh, boy. Chris and the, the beeve. It sounds, I mean, you can just look at that picture, that red beans and rice, and your mouth start watering. It just looks good, doesn't it? Well, they got the trinity in it. It's got the celery, the onions, and the uh, carrot. Yeah. Uh, Here's a few texts I didn't get to earlier. Um, Unnamed texter said, The moment Mullen appeared on camera in those shorts, I instantly thought, Holy cow, he is going to get roasted for this. And he should have. Again, I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. Um, Mullen didn't do a lot of dumb things. He was really like ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. Questionable fashion sense. But that right there was a dumb decision. Oh, the Yeezys. (laughs) Yeah, we're not buying it, Dan. We know what's up. We know that the the wife must be pre-approving before he walks out the door. Right. Every day. Every day. Here is a text from a concerned Mississippi State fan, what's what it looks like to me anyway, that says, can y'all explain the deal with the Tudor Gate? I've missed it. So the rumor out there on social media, I'm sure you can you know, find all kinds of inaccurate information and a bunch of DAs on message boards talking about it. That's the worst place you can go for stuff. I can't say too much, though, because I am on social media. <laughs> but the the rumor on social media is that it was a deal of tutors doing work for athletes and that it somehow that's what got Nick Weatherspoon on the basketball team suspended for a bunch of games and that you may have had some football players you know involved in it also. the the that's the rumor. The thing is, I've only had a couple of conversations with people. I've never really actually had anybody tell me names of people, names of players that are supposedly tied up in the thing. And you haven't had any reports. You haven't had somebody uh, dig up any information and write about it. And we're less than two weeks from the first game, and so I'm skeptical. I was talking with somebody who is a media member and has been covering the team for a long time, and they, they had a similar thing of, yeah, you know, we hear these rumors. We've had a lot of people ask. It's apparently kind of took off online. The problem is, you know, we don't get anything information-wise. They've kind of taken the media out of practice anyway here the last couple of weeks. And he goes, normally something like that, you, you have some information. Something gets broken long before you get into the last two weeks before the first game. So it's a little unusual in that regard. So I'm still in the camp of I'm not sure that it's um, you know, I'm not sure that it's what a lot of people are rumoring that it is, at least in terms of widespread. But we're just going to have to see. Um, you know, my thing as a coach, like if you were, if you were a coach and you knew you had multiple guys who were going to miss, you know, the first game or the first three games or something like that, then why, why would I be practicing them? You know, with my first and second team right up until game time. So, I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I've heard the rumors. just hadn't seen. And, I, and in talking to people who normally dig up rumors to see if there's, you know, any truth to report on it, those people aren't finding anything either. 
what are they doing? Their homework for them? They're not taking their test or anything, right? Yeah, that's a rumor. It's homework. Oh. No, not oh, homework. T- yeah. Okay. Homework stuff. You know. <clears throat> but they're taking their test and passing it. And, you know, well, that's a big that's, deal. That's yeah, your grade. Right. I mean, that's who gets right. graded on homework? Well, you just, you wind up, you, you just wind up ineligible, you know, academically. If you got people doing your work for you. And it's well, just, like, can't, you can't, say, say you've got a report and you're not a very good typist. Can you pay somebody to type your work up for you if you've done the work? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You could pay somebody to type it. Seems like they could really get off in the weeds on this issue. You really could. You really could. If there's not somebody just looking over their shoulder. The thing you have to do is you have to confirm that you did the work somehow, some way. Yeah. You know, you certainly can't have somebody else doing it for you. Um, Three Hump Camel says, hey, if they were fake classes like they had at North Carolina, there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. That, that university had big entire, like, curriculums that – practically didn't exist just for the purpose of sliding an A and a B here and there whenever they needed to. How do you come at anybody else as an entity, you know, the NCAA, know. after that happened on your watch? Yeah, I know. How do you do that? Here's a text. Somebody wants to know my opinion on the new AP Top 25. All right. This does not include. The Associated Press. Yeah, it does not include Mississippi State or Ole Miss. But we got votes there. We got some votes there. Both teams did. Yep, yep, both did. All right, so one, two, three, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, in that order. One, two, three, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. No surprise. Four through eight, Oklahoma four, Ohio State five, LSU six, Michigan seven, Florida eight. Nine through 15, number nine, Notre Dame, number 10, Texas, hook them. Number 11, Oregon, quack, quack. Number 12, the fighting Texas Aggies. Number 13, Wolf, the Washington Huskies. Number 14, Utah, give me two. The Utes of Utah. 15, Penn State. 16, War Eagle, hey, Auburn. 17 is UCF. Sorry. Oh, perfect. <laughs> a little bit late. There. I just needed to wait. Uh, 17 is UCF, 18 Michigan State, and then 19 is Wisconsin. And then spots 20 through 25 are Iowa, Iowa State, back-to-back. Syracuse. I know. How about that? Syracuse is up there at number 22. They won 10 games last year. You know, Two years ago, they beat Clemson. Last year, they almost did it again. 23 is Washington State, 24 Nebraska, 25 is Stanford. All right, so there's your top 25 in EAP. Now, others receiving votes. Missouri is the first team in the others receiving votes. They're one spot out of the top 25 preseason here. 117 votes, then Army, and then Mississippi State. So if you vetted it on out, State would be there at number 28. Um so you got some what votes. But Texas there. over AM. Is AM down or is Texas up? Texas up, beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. AM second year under uh, Jimbo Fisher. AM just had a like a number one, number two recruiting class somewhere in there. They were definitely in the top five. And Jimbo Fisher's gonna re- continue to re- sign those kind of classes. And so in about two, three years from now, AM will be a top ten team. You can just go ahead and write that down. It's gonna happen. So I think. The A&M Texas thing's about to get serious. They're both on the way up. That's what I think. There's your poll. 
preseason poll. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. What should be our voting criteria, Roger? Like I have a I haven't done this, but I have a mind to vote to pay attention and vote for who any position. Whomever is running the least amount of negative ads oh. <laughs> about the other person. Like if somebody would keep a keep track of that, and and I'll just I'll just be the guy that I'm gonna vote for who whomever runs the least amount of negative ads about the other person. Would that be throwing my vote away to vote that way? Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? In some cases, that would not be what the founding fathers fought for, I guess. But could you vote for anybody? Oh, the least you didn't say. None. I did say yeah. I didn't say none. I just said the least. I tell you, man, it's just pitiful the way i love the way that the the voice guys you know do their magic yeah if i'm ever running against you say your name and it sounds like you're some kind of disgusting disease (laughs) yes roger wyatt (laughs) roger lamb kicks puppies matt wyatt drops babies on their head (laughs) there are people in mississippi who've never even met Matt Wyatt. <laughs> Total strangers don't even know him. <laughs> you got to laugh to keep him crying. Yeah, you do, don't you? The best thing you can do in life to have a little joy is learn to laugh at yourself. Start there. Start right there. Laugh at yourself. I always feel sorry. I've known some people who couldn't do it. Scared to death. Always having to keep up appearances. That's a rough way to go through life, isn't it? Man, you got to keep your lies straight. And and then, you know, some people would listen to us, Roger, and go, man, those poor fellas trying to be this aw shucks, down home kind of guys, they don't even get it. <laughs> That's what they'd say about us. Come to my hometown and tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It don't get much smaller than when we have 7,000 people in the whole town. Yeah. All right. Uh, my favorite coach to hear interviews from and about throughout the football season. I'm going to give you a heads up. If you are new to the area, if you're new to my radio show, coming up in the fall, a game starting well, actually game starting this Saturday but everybody gets started in two weeks. You will hear throughout the year me play clips from Mike Leach at Washington State. What's the worst visitor's locker room you've ever been to? Mississippi State. Before the game as we're coming in, I did a whole walkthrough. My heart swelled with pride because I knew that there may never be a better visitor's locker room than this one. Every wall was concrete, the floor was concrete, the ceiling was concrete, everything was concrete. There was no furniture, there was no benches, there was no lockers. However, on the wall, there were, and I counted them, there were 37 nails. In the middle of the locker room, there are two toilets right beside each other. And there's no seats on the toilets either. 
and then between the two toilets is one roll of toilet paper between <laughs> the two of them. Can you spare the ultimate spare? Uh, touch of brilliance. <laughs> That's Mike Leach. Is it really that way, man? Well, it used to be. It's not, not like new. a Dan Mullen thing. Well, no, that was a Jackie Sherrill. That was during the Sherrill era. That was when I was playing. Mike Leach came to Mississippi State as an assistant on the Kentucky staff in the late 90s two different times, in 97 and in 99. We beat them both times. And I actually played in both games. In 97, I started the game, and we beat Tim Couch in Kentucky. Make no mistake, not because of me, but because of everyone else, we won that game. And then in 99, I was a part of the comeback right there at the end. We had a game-winning drive, and kick a field goal and beat him. And Mike Leach is talking about his experience. Because back then, if you think about it, back in the late 90s, there was no north end zone, Roger. The Both teams' locker rooms were in that M-Club building down in the south end. Hmm. Okay? And yeah, listen, what he's describing, the home team locker room wasn't much better. <laughs> That's the truth. You had, you had less nails or pegs to hang your stuff on than you have players. Right. Now, both locker rooms are in that new renovated north end and you ought to see the home locker room you ought to see the thing i mean it's like it's like something you would expect to see in the nfl uh you know it's just incredible and then the visitors locker room is so nice because it's brand new <laughs> yeah so it's not like that anymore where Mike they do Leach. the team meetings. I saw that on uh, some social media, and that looked pretty yeah. impressive. Oh, it's really that nice. Way. That's the SEAL building. The SEAL okay. family donated the money for that football complex. Uh, the reason I'm bringing up Mike Leach, Roger, Washington State's football team will be part of a series with HBO this season. Representatives from HBO put the news out there this week. Multiple sources confirming. The other teams that were up for it, Alabama, Arizona State, and Penn State, this will be, the show will be similar to the network's Hard Knocks, which provides behind-the-scenes access and interviews during NFL training camps. So, Washington State and the most entertaining coach in all of football, pro included, with the most personality, will be a part of a weekly behind-the-scenes hard-knocks-type show for college football. It'll be Washington State and Mike Leach. I want all the positions to touch it. Nothing ba- There's nothing balanced about 50% run, 50% pass, because that's 50% stupid. Now, uh, what, what, uh, what is balanced is when you have five skill positions, if all five of them are contributing to the offensive effort in a somewhat equal fashion, then that's balanced. But this notion that if you hand it to one guy 50% of the time and then you throw it to a combination of two guys the other 50% that you're really balanced and you proudly pat yourself on the back uh, uh, and tell yourself that, and people have been doing that for decades, well, then you're delusional. So, um, uh, yeah, that's how I look at it. (laughs) He is great. And listen, the media that cover Washington State University – About twice a year, Roger, I believe they intentionally go into press conferences with like either a dare or a bet on who's going to get him at the end, after they've done the football stuff, with their final couple of questions, who's going to get Mike Leach to go off on a tangent on something? 
Because about twice a year, they will throw an oddball question at him. It'll be about aliens, Bigfoot. Last year, they threw a question at him about Bigfoot. And he went on for two and a half, three minutes about why you don't see have as many Bigfoot sightings anymore. You know what he said? Probably habitat destruction. Nope. He said the reason you don't have Bigfoot sightings anymore is because everybody's looking down at their phone. That's a good point. <laughs> How mummy said, just get him talking about pirates. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he wrote the book. The title of yeah. his book is Swing Your Sword. Right? Yeah. I just find the guy fascinating. And I, people who have met him, there are some people who say he's not a great guy and all this kind of thing. I'm sure he's not. Football coaches, by and large, they get to a high level. They're there for one of two or three reasons. Either one, they are incredibly selfish and driven by money. (laughs) Or two, they are incredibly eccentric, Mike Leach. Or three, they are really, really good folks. (laughs) We were interviewing him. He was was on with Hal doing a segment. And he's out doing his morning, you know, constitutional walk or whatever. Right. And, you know, Hal had warned me, like, you know, he's like, you'll see a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> he happened upon a koi pond. Okay. And there we went, off talking about the koi pond. About the koi pond, huh? In the middle of a conversation about offense. Roger, <laughs> please tell me you have that audio. I got to look for it. I got to see where we Man, we that I would give anything to spend some time with that guy. You know, and a couple of years ago, Tennessee – before they hired Jeremy Pruitt, and they had that athletics director who was in place, but behind the scenes, Philip Fulmer, the former coach, who really wants to coach or wanted a job with the university other than what he had, was really sabotaging everything. Phil Fulmer was behind the scenes during the coaching search two years ago, leaking all kinds of negative information to uh, Clay Travis from Fox Sports, mm-hmm. and and Clay Travis has a great big, huge following, was just distributing everything that Philip Fulmer told him during the whole thing. It was all coming from Fulmer. And the reason was Fulmer, number one, did not want that guy to remain as the AD, wanted him to get forced out, did not want that guy to hire who he wanted as a coach. <laughs> Fulmer eventually got what he wanted, and that is, he sabotaged about three or four different meetings between that AD and coach prospects, including one with Mike Leach, so that eventually they named Philip Fulmer the interim AD, where he's still there now, and he got to hire who he wanted, which was Jeremy Pruitt. But during all that mess, the other guy who was the AD was trying to fly up to Washington to interview Washington State head coach Mike Leach. And, man, I, I'm like, please – Bring Mike Leach to the SEC. It's what this conference needs. (laughs) Trust me. All right, man. Roger, appreciate it. Enjoyed it. For Roger, I'm Matt. For everybody here in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and the Matt Wyatt Show, in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya! You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.